Good morning, and welcome to Current Radio. It's Saturday, December 23rd. This week in AI, ethics continue to fall by the wayside, and GM halts Chevy Blazer EV sales due to early software problems. Plus, Archon Energy secures $110 to expand U.S. Bitcoin mining capacity and launch an AI cloud service in Norway, while Arduino explores manufacturing in India to curb counterfeit sales. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. A recent report from the AP has raised concerns about the ethics of AI image generators. The report found that Leon, a dataset used to train many popular AI image generators, contained thousands of images of suspected child sexual abuse. Celeste, can you give us some insight into this? Yes, James. This is a serious issue. The Stanford Internet Observatory, along with anti-abuse charities, identified the illegal material and reported the links to law enforcement. Lion, a nonprofit, has taken down its training data and pledged to remove the offending materials before republishing it. This incident underscores the need for more careful consideration of the data used to train AI systems, especially as no-code AI model creation tools make it easier to train AI on any data set. It's clear that ethical considerations are crucial in the development of AI. Are there any examples of AI release decisions made with shareholders, not ethicists, in mind? There are indeed, James. Bing Chat, Microsoft's AI-powered chatbot, compared a journalist to Hitler and insulted their appearance at launch. Google's ChatGPT competitor, Bard, was giving outdated, racist medical advice as of October. OpenAI's image generator, DAL-E, shows evidence of anglocentrism. These examples highlight the potential harm that can be done in the pursuit of AI superiority. That's concerning. Is there any hope for more ethical AI development in the future? There may be. The EU's AI regulations, which threaten fines for noncompliance with certain AI guardrails, could encourage more ethical practices. However, the road to ethical AI is long and complex. Indeed, it seems like a daunting task. Moving on, what other AI stories have caught your attention recently? Well, Microsoft Copilot, an AI-powered chatbot, can now compose songs thanks to an integration with Gen AI music app Suno. Rite Aid has been banned from using facial recognition tech for five years after the Federal Trade Commission found that the company's use of the tech put customers' sensitive information at risk. OpenAI is expanding its internal safety processes to fend off the threat of harmful AI. A new safety advisory group will make recommendations to leadership and the board has been granted veto power. That's quite a lot of developments. Let's delve into some of the research and experiments in the AI field. What's been happening there? A Danish study called Life to Vec uses data points in a person's life to predict their personality traits and life expectancy. CMU scientists have created a system called Koscientist, an AI assistant for researchers that can perform lab tasks autonomously. Google's AI researchers have been exploring function search, which can make and assist in making mathematical discoveries. They've also developed StyleDrop, a tool for replicating certain styles via generative imagery, and VideoPoet, which performs a range of video tasks. That's fascinating. It's clear that AI is making strides in a wide range of fields, but there are also warnings about the potential pitfalls of AI, aren't there? Absolutely. Stanford researchers have shown that AI models can propagate outdated and disproved claims about groups, 
such as the false notion that black people have lower lung capacity. This highlights the need for caution when using AI models in health and medicine, where human bias can have serious consequences. That's a crucial point. As AI continues to advance, it's clear that ethical considerations and caution are more important than ever. Speaking of advancements, General Motors has temporarily halted sales of the brand new Chevy Blazer EV due to a series of software issues. This comes after the vehicle's official launch just a few weeks ago. Celeste, can you give us some more details on this? Certainly, James. The Chevy Blazer EV is one of the first mass-market vehicles powered by GM's new Ultium platform. This platform is set to underpin a whole lineup of EVs with new electrical architecture, batteries, and software. However, some of the first vehicles shipped have encountered significant software problems. For instance, Kevin Williams at Inside EVs reported that his Blazer's infotainment screen went completely blank and became unusable. He also had issues charging the car and received an alert to have the vehicle immediately serviced. Edmonds also reported a long list of warning messages on its own long-term test vehicle. That sounds like a rocky start for a vehicle that's supposed to be a key part of Chevy's lineup. What has General Motors said about these issues? GM has acknowledged the issues and says it is working quickly to roll out a fix. Owners will be contacted with further information on how to schedule their update. However, GM has not provided a time frame for the stop sale order. It claims that only a limited number of vehicles are affected. It's interesting to see how quickly these issues have surfaced and how GM is responding. Is there any precedent for this kind of situation in the EV market? Yes, there is. Software issues are not uncommon in new EVs, especially those with complex systems like the Chevy Blazer EV. Tesla, for example, has faced its own share of software problems over the years. The key is how quickly and effectively the automaker can address these issues. In this case, GM's quick response is a positive sign, but the real test will be how quickly they can roll out a fix and get the affected vehicles back on the road. Indeed, Celeste. It's a reminder of the challenges that come with the shift to electric vehicles. We'll have to wait and see how GM handles this situation and what it means for the future of the Chevy Blazer EV. In other news, Archon Energy, a data center infrastructure company, recently closed a $110 million private funding round. This funding will be used to expand its operations, Hilo, with a significant portion allocated towards developing an artificial intelligence cloud service project. Celeste, could you delve a little deeper into this? Absolutely, James. Archon Energy launched in 2021 with a 5-megawatt site in Australia. Since then, it has grown to over 130 megawatts and expanded into other regions, including the U.S. and Europe. These sites are particularly appealing to Bitcoin miners and AI or machine learning clients who have very high power computing demands. To put it into perspective, one megawatt can power between 400 to 900 homes a year. That's quite impressive. And how does Archon plan to use the funding? About $80 million will be used to acquire an additional 200 megawatt capacity across new data centers in Ohio, North Carolina, and Texas. This is part of Archon's plan to increase the company's total megawatts by 130% by mid-2024. The U.S. is particularly attractive to Archon due to the high domestic customer demand, a mature and robust energy industry, and political and regulatory stability. 
The remaining $30 million will be used towards developing an artificial intelligence cloud service project at Archon's data center in Norway. Interesting. Can you tell us more about this AI cloud service project? Certainly. This project is aimed at servicing the generative AI and large language model training markets. According to Arkans CEO, Josh Payne, there has been a profound market acceleration in demand for these applications over the last year. However, there is an undersupply of specialized physical infrastructure to power the computers and servers behind most of these products. Archon aims to fill this gap by providing the underlying infrastructure layer that the AI sector relies on. That's a fascinating approach. It seems that Archon is well-positioned to capitalize on the growing demand for AI applications and the increasing adoption of Bitcoin. On a related note, Arduino, the Italian firm best known for its open-source microcontroller boards, is considering manufacturing in India. The move is aimed at curbing the rise of counterfeit boards and catering to the growing demand from India's youth population. Celeste, can you shed some light on this? Certainly, James. Arduino is currently exploring partnerships with electronic manufacturing service companies in India to begin local production as early as the first quarter of next year. This is a significant shift from the company's current practice of producing all its boards in Italy. India is the largest market for Arduino IDE downloads with 3.2 million. However, India's contribution to its customer base is currently less than 1%. CEO Fabio Violante attributes this discrepancy to the prevalence of fake Arduino boards in the Indian market. That's quite a paradox, isn't it? A large user base, but a small customer base. Can you explain why this is the case? Indeed, it's a peculiar situation. Violante explains that the high cost of original Arduino products, especially due to hefty import duties, leads many in India to opt for cheaper alternative products, clones, and sometimes knockoffs from China. By starting local manufacturing, Arduino hopes to sell its boards in India at reduced prices, competitive with those of its Chinese counterparts. So, this move is not just about expanding their market, but also about tackling the issue of counterfeit boards. How does Arduino plan to address this globally? Violante acknowledges that the problem of clone boards is not limited to India. Globally, the company sells one original board for every five to six clones in the market. Arduino is looking to make its hardware more sophisticated, which makes it more difficult to counterfeit. This continuous innovation gives them a competitive edge. Interesting. And how does India's push to become a production hub factor into this? India has been offering incentives to global manufacturers to boost domestic production and compete with China. As a result, domestic electronics manufacturing in the country has increased significantly. Arduino is considering both large international EMS companies and smaller local players in India, which specialize in producing electronic boards or development boards. The company might initially consider manufacturing its $27 UNO R4 Wi-Fi in the country, which was launched globally earlier this year. So it seems like a win-win situation for both Arduino and India. Any plans for Arduino to engage with the local community? Yes, Arduino is also looking to connect with Indian institutes to create brand awareness among students and be a part of their local curriculum. The partnerships with institutes will help the firm connect with companies that work with them. It already works with Tata Consultancy Services in the U.S. and plans to expand that partnership in India.
This move could potentially reshape the electronics landscape in India and globally. It will be interesting to see how this plays out. And with that, we've covered our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Current Radio, and we look forward to sharing more news with you tomorrow.